Hello there, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Long Live Rock and Roll podcast. On the screen opposite me is my co-host, Mr. Felipe Amarim. Felipe, how are you doing, man? And what are you up to? Hi, dear lass. How's everyone going? Yeah, well, I'm in Brighton today. How cool Brighton? Yeah, why not? Sunny day, Wednesday, because Wednesday is the closest I have of a day off as a musician. You know? so, <laughs> <laughs> so I said, you know, I've got some stuff to do, some work to do uh, that, that's, that doesn't involve playing drums, you know, admin stuff and uh, recording the podcast. So, you know what? Let's go to Brighton. That was my thought. So here I am enjoying uh british summer in all its glory fantastic <laughs> man i mean this guy's very busy he's he is the blues drummer of soho so yeah you definitely deserve a day off man so it's good to hear that you're right <laughs> some time for yourself um, but anyway yeah welcome everyone um today's episode we're going to be doing an album and um it is actually you know it, true to the podcast name this is an out and out rock and roll album uh we are doing Bo Diddley's debut album called Bo Diddley from 1958. Um, Felipe, do you want to get us started? I want to get started with something really interesting. There's some serious branding going on there, isn't it? So the singer, uh, you know, singer, songwriter, artist is Bo Diddley. And the album's called Bo Diddley. And you have a song called Bo Diddley. (laughs) (laughs) And we have a song called Hey Bo Diddley. Yeah, and, and you have a song called Diddly Daddy, <laughs> and then the one, then then two, then two songs after. It's not exactly Diddly, but you've got Diddy Wa Diddy. <laughs> yes, exactly. So there's like like serious uh, 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 um, promotion of the brand there all the way through, isn't it? It's incredible. It's, it's like I, he's trying to make a point, isn't it? <laughs> I've got it at the bottom of my notes. I've said no greater statement to make on an album than to repeat your unique phrase over and over, Diddly. Diddly, Dadly, Daddy, Diddy. <laughs> just like in all seriousness, that's something that sticks with you. I mean, that that's like that's the that's the same as a good album cover, isn't it? You know, you see an album cover, you see, wow, that that's got my attention, or oh, that's going to stay with me for a few weeks. This is the same thing. It's all it's just a word, but it works. Yeah, yeah it is, and it, it, it kind of reminds me of like what hip hop singers and and rap singers do all the time. They all they constantly promoting themselves in a certain way with their songs and their lyrics, talking about yeah. themselves, isn't it? Yeah, you're and right. Uh, yeah. If you and think about uh, you know, if you think about Eminem, the rapper, and his he's the sli- he's Slim Shady, and in a lot of his songs, he sort of references himself as Shady and Fifty Cent with Fifty. You know, I don't listen to much rap, and I don't know what P Diddy does in his lyrics. Maybe he says Diddy a lot, but um, yeah, no, you're right. It's like branding. What branding for oneself is good, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's really and uh, and and it helps. You know, it helped with the album to kind of project Bo Diddley into into the mainstream really and he had some really interesting tv appearances and he he had something interesting live i want to talk about this which is not related to the album but has a lot a lot of historic import uh, uh, importance uh, regarding uh, uh tv performances because he had a really strong visual performance kind of uh, uh, um you know dancing and singing and and he had uh two female guitar guitar players in his band live they're not in the album if i'm not wrong i don't think they are uh recording the album but peggy jones and norma jean warford i hope i pronounced her name correctly uh <laughs> they played with body link dif- different um uh incarnations of his band live and that was a really cool thing to have a female guitar player 
uh, you know, in the early 60s in, 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 on TV uh, singing. They were doing BVs and, and playing with them. So there's really, really cool stuff there. Um, and Yeah, you're right. About that. You know, the f- women in rock and roll, I mean, there's a whole, I mean, there's, God, there's about four, five, six episodes just in that title alone. But so early on as well, you know, you think that I know that the Beach Boys hired a session bass player called Carol Kay, and she's one of the most famous bass players, two bass players. You know, if you if you're if you're a standard guy, if you're a standard person, and you're not really a musician or a bass player, then you're not going to have heard of Carol Kay. But she's very famous for having done those sessions with the Beach Boys, and that's you know Beach Boys were early '60s as well. And to have, like you said, these these two female guitarists playing for Bo Diddley um, live, I mean, that's uh, that's got to be innovative to say the least isn't it well, I, think, I think again it seems to me is constantly making making a point like i'm not like everyone else i'm really yeah. different i got a different beat i got a different band you know i'm bringing because you had uh, you had uh, female blues and early rock and roll singers in the scene but not instrumentalists not not exactly. like uh, yeah going on tv like that so it's really cool stuff and uh one thing again i'm talking i'm saying blues all the time why not not only because i'm a blues fan but also because well as they say the blues had a baby right they call it rock and roll so um and that's it's uh it's what it is it's a clear transition from blues to rock and roll you know early rock and roll and you you i mean i assume uh, the Elvis was influenced by him, and uh, and loads of you know ev- everyone who came after him. All the early uh, rock and roll guys had some. Uh, um, they le- they've learned something from from Bo Diddley. Uh, so what makes what makes this album interesting is he was using blues musicians, guys who had you know uh, um, a, a career of blues musicians and composers and songwriters in the band as well. So so you, you have. Uh, you have Billy Boy Arnold playing playing harmonica, and he's got a career of his own as as a singer songwriter, harp player. You have uh, uh, Willie Dixon on bass. Yeah, so, I read that. That's incredible, isn't it? The man, yeah. <laughs> the legend on bass. <laughs> yeah, what a legend! Like great song songwriter. You know, he he he, he wrote uh, "I Can't Quit You, Baby." You shook me. The songs are Led Zeppelin recorded, so those songs they have uh, uh, this like huge impact in rock and roll by being part of Led Zeppelin's first album. And Willie Dixon was a, a great bass player as well, not only a songwriter, and he's in the album playing with him. So there's like loads of musicians that you also have Frank Kirkland on drums, who is uh, partially responsible for for the Bo Diddley groove, which we're going to talk about for sure. And uh, he, he he executed it, that that groove so well. And it's a groove that Bo Diddley himself came up with, isn't it? So, yeah. and that's one of the main things in the album. Anyway. That's good. Yeah, no, good stuff, man. Um, well, as usual, I'll do the little Laz details, give you just a few, a little background of, um, of the album. So the name of the album is Bo Diddley, and it's by, obviously, Bo Diddley, uh, released in 1958. Now, this is the interesting part. It was recorded between March 1955 and January 1958. And what I read about that was that this is actually a bunch of his... This, this, these are the singles that he released in that three-year period. I think there might be some that, for example, he wrote... You know, Maybe he had six singles, and then he wrote six more. 
afterwards to complete the album. But overall, these are the singles that he released between 55 and 58. Um, and the runtime, just, I mean, remember when we did that first rock and roll album, the Elvis Presley one, it's short. And in the 50s and early 60s, you know, the rock and roll albums, they were short. Uh, this one clocking in just at t- just under 29 minutes. And the producers were Bo Diddley himself, Leonard and Phil Chess from Chess Records, who produced and then marketed the album. Um, so, yeah, the, the details. Did you know that? No, I didn't know about yeah, that. Yes, so the Chess yeah, Records were the ones who put yeah. the album out, and the the brothers, I think, who. Um... So you see how interesting it is that you have um, uh, from the songwriting to the production, and and obviously including the the, the instrumentalists in the album, you have so many big names involved, like big names, people who were, who had a career of their own and who yeah. are uh, equally. Or not, maybe not. Well, it's, it's hard to actually compare, but I would say equally as important to the history of blues and rock and roll as Bodidley himself. So you got all those people collaborating in the album and producing and and, and writing songs, and, and that's like it's like it's it, it, it sounds to me like it's is a result of a big collaboration of uh, great musicians and producers having Bodidley as the uh, as the face. And the voice of the project, well, and, and the primary and the primary songwriter because he yeah. wrote most of these songs. Which again, that's quite an unusual thing for a rock and roll album, isn't it? When you think about blues albums and rock and roll, especially in the fifties, you know, we look at that first Elvis one. There are a fair few covers on there. Um, I've done my research, and I believe that uh, I'll, I'm sure I'll write. I'm sure I've written it down if I got it. If I if it isn't, but Bo Diddley wrote nearly all of these and if he yes. didn't write them on his own he co-wrote them so yeah. one of them's co-written with willie dixon one of them's co-written with a blues guy called harvey fuqua i want to get that right um but yes that's it um so but again he's written all his own music um which yeah. at that time very innovative very pioneering showing that actually do you know what and i think what's interesting is that these songs i mean we'll dissect the songs when we go through them but there's nothing um there's nothing overly special or different or unique about them in terms of the songwriting and the structures. He didn't do anything crazy in terms of, you know, Bohemian Rhapsody and putting a two-minute opera section in one of them. You know, he didn't... I don't feel like he pioneered anything crazy in terms of arranging, but what we're going to talk about is his instrumentation, his uh, rhythms, and that is that is what pioneered and took us uh, in, on this journey from blues to this newfound rock and roll. Um, so why don't you get us started by explaining to us, and this is a very important theme of the album, people, this is the Bo Diddley beat, and Felipe is going to go and talk us through it. Yes, the Bo Diddley beat, or the Bo Diddley groove, is an iconic groove that he came up with himself. So, I mean give the guy some credit to put his name on everything because that, that's he was a genius really but <laughs> yeah. uh, the, the the interesting thing about that is not like well he came up with the groove and put a name on it but it it, it comes from something else right yeah. so you have the new orleans beat uh which is similar to that and you have the um a Latin clave, which is a, a, a three-two clave. So basically, what's a clave is a rhythm that you repeat, you loop it and repeat it, and uh, and it's kind of a, a basic, it's a foundation 
for something that's going to be played on top of it. Let's so when so when someone's playing a rhythm like a clave in some bossa music or some sort of the, you know the South American music, then the clave establishes the rhythm and the other instruments join in on top and then add their rhythms around it, right? Exactly. That's where a clave is. So the clave, the three-two clave, why do you call it that? Is because it's you have three hits and a, a bit of a gap and then two hits. So like ba 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 ba. That's the three-two clave. Dun dun dun. Dun, dun. And that happens all the time in the album. Here's the thing I think it's it's really brave <laughs> from Bo Diddley is he wasn't afraid of repeating the formula. It's yeah. like, I found this thing, I'm adapting this like New Orleans or 3-2 clave into my own thing. I'm turning into my own thing and I'm insisting on it. I'm going to put this everywhere in the album. And it, it, it appears in different forms because uh, basically uh, it's not necessarily uh, led by the drums because at, at some point it's the guitar doing that, dun, 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 and the drums play something else on top of it. They don't necessarily follow. So you have a variation on that on guitar in some songs with uh, uh, a train groove with a country kind of beat on the snare. So that's so the drums are not necessarily following that riff all the time. Uh, there's the, I've sent you a link last which we can add to to yeah. to, uh, to the podcast at some point if people want to check it out. Uh, it's uh, um, it's a um, an American drummer called I need to quote his name correctly uh, Stuart Jean I guess yeah uh, and he. Um, did he play Bowdidley? Hmm? He played, he played with Bowdidley when Bowdidley was um, Bowdidley was seventy two years old uh, at the time that this guy played with him, and and he um, he basically he basically learned the groove. Well, he played the groove and rehearsal with Bowdidley. It's like, is this the beat? And Bodidley said, yeah, well, not quite, because I play, you know, and Bodidley showed him, played the drums himself, showed yeah. where he should be playing the bass drum in a different way, whatever. So basically, uh, he, he showed he showed to this accomplished session drummer that, like, he uh, um, he came up with the groove himself, that, that version of the groove, so he could play on the drums at the age of 72, being a singer guitar player, but he could play the drums and show the guy, this is the groove, this is my my groove, which, again, is not entirely new. You can find uh, traces of that with the 3-2 clave, with Latin music, and you can find that in the New Orleans tradition as well. But he made it uh, uh, a thing of his own, and he, as I said, he had a point. It was like he, the guy had an axe to grind. It's yeah. like, he's, he's, you know what I mean? This is my groove. I'm going to play it all over the album. So, again, it's interesting because sometimes it's subtle when you have the guitar doing it and the drums and percussion doing something else. And sometimes it's really in your face. Here's the body leg groove, yeah. and it's loud and clear, and it's the main element of the album. Also, you have maracas on top of it. You have percussion on top of it, emphasizing the groove playing the same thing, you know what I mean? Like, this is the groove. And I think uh, the groove itself is what makes this album a rock and roll album instead of a blues album. Now, what I was reading when I was doing my research is, as well as his influence from the clave, there is a, a particular style called juba, which is an African-American style of dance that involves... Um, 
rhythmic percussion using one's body. So stomping, clapping, hitting your chest, patting your arms and you're smacking your legs, you know, stuff like that. It was known uh, the Hambon style um, or Hambone maybe, um, the all known as the Juba dance. Exactly. So that's why that's why it is an innovation, really. It's not just uh, repeating that clavier we talked about. So the groove is the main thing, and the instrumentation as well. Uh, and one really, really strong element of that beat is the tremolo effect on guitar. That is like such a crucial part of the album. You know, he he also made that effect quite popular with 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 this album you know so so uh and loads of people obviously started to try to emulate him doing that so yeah. yeah so i think the you know what makes this album really rock and roll is uh, um not being afraid of uh, uh using your formula like i came up with something it's my own thing, and it's. I'm going to put my name on it. I'm going to insist, and I'm going to put it all over the album. Yeah. And I'm going to turn the blues into something really new. So I think, uh, um, Bodidly and and this album especially, uh, uh, they have such an importance in rock and roll history. Just, just you know, I would say that this album, or, or let's say Bodidly as an artist, is as important as Muddy Waters. Is as important as as. Uh, uh, um, um, Chuck Berry and Little Richard and Elvis, because Absolutely. he yeah. he actually he actually reinvented something uh, in order to make it rock and roll. You know, yeah. And I think you're seeing, um, you know, we'll talk about it when we get to the songs, but you're seeing the transition from um american electric blues going into this newfound rock and roll which i thought was sort of key with this album um but yeah i think that's that's good for because we covered the bo diddley beat um people now know what it is and what it sounds like if you still didn't get it listen to the album and uh track one bo diddley um track five hey bo diddley track seven hush your mouth and track 12 pretty thing they all are perfect examples of the bo diddley beat and as you can hear it's just the beat going over and over again but with different layers of percussion um sometimes the bass is going along with the beat sometimes it doesn't but you just constantly have the underlying boom 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 and that as felipe said is the bass b-a-s-e of the song <laughs> it's the underlying yeah. foundation it's of each foundation song. yeah yeah um i think that's interesting and, and it's what 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 also interested me about this album was you mentioned the guitar and i think what was so fundamentally different is having to Having listened to blues music, and I'm not a, I'm not a blues connoisseur, you know, like yourself, you listen and you play a lot of blues, so you know, you know. Um, so do tell me if I'm wrong, but I've never felt like I've always felt that the guitar in blues has had a a strong, significant part to play. Whether it's just keeping the chords going, you know, like that, then going up to the or maybe in a slow blues, just holding a chord, letting it ring. What I found interesting about this album was the guitar riffing and playing little motifs and melodies within the songs. So think about track one, Bo Diddley. After he finishes his vocals, you've got the guitar just filling a little section of music going and repeats it. And then he goes back to the vocals. It's like it's riffing. It's here's the thing though, that that 
it's all about rhythm, isn't it? The guitar yeah. is very rhythmic, and it's uh, uh, when you think about um, modern guitar players, they're usually recognized by their solos, and everyone's oh, that guy's really good because he can play really creative solos, either, either if the solos are technical or, or just really melodic. Like Slash is famous for melodic solos, and, and so is David Gilmour, and, and, and you have. Uh, um, loads of other players who are famous for playing fast solos. You got, you got, you know, guitar players are usually recognized by their ability to solo. And if you think about Bodidly, he was famous for playing rhythm guitar, you know, and yeah. for playing strong, uh, uh, recognizable uh, riffs, like really remarkable guitar parts that were mainly rhythmic instead of. Uh, you know, instead of being a soloist or mainly a soloist, so that that's that's what's interesting. Is you listen to uh, Who Do You Love? You have you have a, a for the for for the standards of this album, you have a fairly long uh, solo uh, at the beginning and another one at the end. But most of the album is just rhythm, rhythm, rhythm. That's what it's all about: the guitar, the percussion, the drums, yeah. and and um, and and it's and. If you think about rock and roll, even the words, and if you're rocking and rolling, that has a lot to do with rhythm. Yeah. (laughs) Because the you know, rocking and rolling, it's it's about moving, isn't it? It's about bouncing and 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 you know, and that's what it is. And and I think that's that's why. The albums. I want to say a couple more things. But one one thing uh, uh, about the legacy of this groove that sometimes we forget is this groove is so so present in 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 modern music. Um, Valerie by Amy Winehouse has that Bo Diddley groove. Oh yeah, have we ever thought of it? <laughs> yeah, brilliant. <laughs> but it has. There's a snare playing a sort of some sort of backbeat that makes it feel like it's double tempo. Right. But the kick and the bass are doing boom, 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 Valerie. Mm-hmm. So it's the same. Another song that uses that element with loads of other layers on top is Rosanna by Toto. Okay. And uh, Jeff Bocano, the drummer himself, said he he played a Purdy show for, for, for all the drummers around. Bernard Purdy is a famous session drummer. And... Uh, um, uh, Jeff Bocaro took a the, the hands pattern hi-hat and snare from him and played a bow diddly. He mentions that like when he's explaining the group, I played the bow diddly on the bass. So mm-hmm. Rosanna by Toto has a bow diddly kick drum pattern on it. And uh, uh, um, you know, uh, uh, Valerie by Amy Winehouse has a bow diddly groove on it. And you can find it in like thousands of songs, you know, it's there, it's everywhere. It's, it's, and, so, it's so um I don't want to say important because it's not like we'd be here. It's not. I'm not saying that modern music would be different without it, but it has. It ha, it, it's it's rubber stamped a moment in time where a musician thought, you know what? I'll take the blues chords and progressions and I'll mix it with some African American and Afro Cuban rhythms, and we're going to call this Bo Diddley rock and roll. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. Interesting. You mentioned the, the the African origins of the groove as well, and, and, and of the music itself, the blues itself. Um, the song "Before You Accuse Me" is a shuffle, so it's more traditional. It's more, more blues than rock and roll, with kind of a loud snare playing the, the, the backbeat compared to to the bodily groove. But that song has a call and response kind of kind of lyrics, and it repeats the melody and the lyrics. You say a phrase and you say it again. That's 
African tradition as well. So you got that on the vocal and melody. There's actually a lot of call and response on the album. There's one on the uh, the track "Pretty Thing," um, also uh, "Diddly Daddy." Um, I think those are the ones I've got so far. Uh, maybe those yeah. are others. But um, it, it, but like you said, it's just um, fascinating that he's taken these elements. Like you, so, what, why would you associate that with African American music? The call and response. Well, because that's the, the 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 idea of the melodies that the one person sings and the other one shouts. You know, the African American tradition is that uh, some people say that the slaves on the cotton fields would would sing to each other. So one one guy would sing a line, and the other guy from the yeah. other side of the field would sing it back to him, and that's part of the tradition. So you know, before you kiss me, take a look at yourself. Before you kiss me, take a look at yourself. It just it simply says that. Yeah. That and, phrase twice, and that's a song about relationship conflicts. The, 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 here's the other thing about the album: is that the, the lyrics are quite diverse for the time, so it's not. Um, and that's the other thing that takes it away from blues and turns into rock and roll. Uh, we usually associate blues with suffering, with you know. So then you have that, and before you accuse me, because it's it's like, well, there's there's a clear relationship conflict there. But when you listen to Dearest Darling. It's a true love song. Yeah. It's romantic, not sexual at all. It's not dirty like the blues uh, stuff. It's it's more like someone is, is in love. And there's a line that I love. If I get to heaven before you do, I'll try to make a hole and pull you through. <laughs> so beautiful. And, it's, and there's loads of uh, um, um, religious references in that song. And there's a, I would say there's a heavenly piano melody at the end. It, it, it's, it, it's, it's a song about love, and it shows appreciation to, to, to the female, and, and you know that he's talking to. It's not, it's not like the female uh, character in the song. It's not just there as, 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 as a, a um, she is the main role. She's not like just a girl that he wants to. Uh, uh, to have for a night, you know, that he's like, I, I'm in love with you. You're the most important thing in my life. That's the kind of message you have um, with some of the lyrics in the album, you know. And it's really cool, beautiful. Yeah. I think that uh, I, I, I just listen to Dearest Darling because it's not the most famous song in the album, but it's probably my favorite. Mm-hmm. Let's say. And well, um, we're going yeah. to have all the songs of the album will be on the playlist, and any others that we mention uh, will be there. So, for example, you know, you said before you accuse me, the legacy this has had, it was covered by Eric Clapton and Credence Clearwater Revival. Um, now, a lot of people have covered. Um, some of Bo Diddley's songs. The, the funniest thing, I think, uh, did I have a list of who's covered it? Um, it's tracks, I'll know, I'll tell you what it was, it was Hey Bo Diddley. Um, it's funny that people are singing and covering um, music that was, like, you, I understand covering a song that doesn't have the artist's name in it originally, <laughs> but these artists, the ones who are covering the songs, they're like, oh, no, fuck it, we'll cover, we'll cover the song Hey Bo Diddley. Like, why not? Yeah. <laughs> why not? This is great, because it's great. I mean, um, it's. I think it really uh, resonates with people, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Because well, I mean, you got like a couple of uh, a couple of elements there that actually resonate with with common people. One is rhythm. Rhythm is it's it's so basic as it's it's, it's uh, you know it plays with your instincts. You know, I, I think I think it's it's. Uh, uh, the foundation of music is rhythm. So uh, because the album is focused on the rhythm, uh, it, it does make it uh, 
really easy to communicate with people and, and to resonate with people. So the other thing is is the the, the content of the lyrics. We're talking about true love and we're talking about uh, relationship issues. And you have uh, that song "Say Boss Man," which is about struggling with money. That's why I've got nineteen kids. You know, I mean, I, I can't can't feed my my children. I, I'm you know struggling with my my payment, and I can't pay my landlord. It's going to kick out of my house. That kind of stuff. So it, it make you know it, it's it's kind of it's kind of almost like a, a, a comic somehow, but it's 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 about you know working class people's struggle. It was actually, yeah, it was my favourite song on the album. Um, and I, for me, it was the music. I mean, I, I felt it really had this ragtime feel about it. It really reminded me of sort of Scott Joplin's music, you know, and the, the theme from the movie The Third Man. So these will all be in the playlist. Um, but I think what did it most was the the kind of honky-tonk piano that was going on in the background. Really yeah. lovely, wasn't it? There was even, even some sort of, uh, what did I have in my notes? Even, now, this is interesting. The the back backing vocals in those uh, in that song say boss man. I was hearing like three part vocal harmonies. Now that's not normal for blues or rock and roll. So are we hearing first elements of what would go on to become British pop? Because the British British bands like the Animals went over and learned what they did from people like Chuck Berry, Jerry Lee Lewis, Bo Diddley. Is things like doo-wop backing vocals, three-part harmonies, three-part vocal harmonies, are we hearing early instances of, of modern pop music in general? Well, I think so. Because I think one of the, uh, um, the the main things in modern pop music is is obviously vocals, but vocal harmonies as well. And um, and I think when you have vocal harmonies, you're inviting people to sing along, isn't it? Because you have loads of voices in there. So you think, like, I want to be one of those voices. I want to sing along. And who do you love? It's a classic kind of i'm inviting you to sing along isn't it yeah and uh it's it's and obviously hey bo diddly it's like and actually he's inviting the orders to say his name how many times have we said bo diddly today <laughs> and how many more times would we say it um yeah so that's you so imagine i i love when i say that when i say, when people say to me like oh you know um what's your favorite uh you know drum groove and i would mention a few grooves like the train groove Etc. But I say, well, do you know what? I love the groove, the Bo Diddley groove from the album Bo Diddley by the artist Bo Diddley and the song Bo Diddley. <laughs> yeah. And also found in the song Hey Bo Diddley. <laughs> um, I think I think what would be a good thing to touch on that we haven't touched on yet uh, to, to this extent is the blues. Because obviously yeah. Bo Diddley has come from... Um, he, so he used to play in Chicago street bands where I believe that jazz and early forms of blues was very predominant and prevalent. Now you've got songs, like a lot of songs here are blues you know the the I'm, I'm a man track two that's the classic that was inspired by hoochie oh, yeah. man yeah so that's the classic uh, bah, bah, bah. Then you have that that riff <laughs> there's no way uh that you play that riff and people don't recognize it from something they might yeah. think of hoochie coochie man they might think about uh manish boy uh they might think it's from uh, i'm a man but i'm a man is such yeah, so that's the, the bluesiest song in the album, isn't it? Um, Muddy Waters. So Hoochie Coochie Man was covered by Muddy Waters and written by Willie Dixon. Um, then Bo Diddley wrote I'm a Man in response to Hoochie Coochie Man. And in response to I'm a Man, Muddy Waters wrote Manish Boy. 
There you go. <laughs> All in the same field, the same thing. But then you've got... Um, this is interesting. So, you know, songs like Before You Accuse Me, which is an obvious blues progression. Um, what other ones? D- Diddy Wa Diddy. Um, you know, you've got the, the so the predominant blues influence from Willie Dixon because that was the song they co-wrote together. But the one that I found interesting was the song number three, Bring It to Jerome, because it has such a huge and emphatic blues feel to it, but there's not a blues progression. Oh, my. See, I didn't notice that. Because I, I don't think about chords. Yeah, no, of course not. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, but what I found interesting was that Having having identified that, the next thing I went on to identify is how many songs on this album are just one riff or one chord being jammed for the whole three minutes. You've got Dearest Darling, Hush Your Mouth, uh, Diddly Daddy, um, Pretty Thing. All of these ones are just one chord one riff one idea being replayed over and over with different lyrics different guitar riffs going on different you know percussive takes on the beat um and i thought that was interesting just the jamming element not not not, not progressing uh harmonically in chords yeah not not going going anywhere in terms of yeah. chords but in terms of rhythm again rhythm is is the is the boss really it's yeah. what rhythm, rhythm and melody yeah, 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 because, yeah, which are the most, in my opinion, the most basic elements of music is what people really, really understand from music before they start analyzing. What you get what you get from music mainly is uh, 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 rhythm and melody, because obviously the melody is carrying the lyrics yeah. within itself. So so obviously you've got to listen to that, but the rhythm is, 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 is what everyone can understand, regardless of the language. That's the beauty of rhythm. If you don't speak the language, uh, you don't understand the language uh, um, that the singer is singing, but y- you can still uh, dance to the groove. Uh, it, it's beautiful. So, uh, yeah, and the, the legacy of this this album is it's it's massive. I think that's it's a it's, it, it has uh, become a big uh, let's say template for for. For for rock and roll and pop music, you know, from the vocal harmonies to uh, um, the grooves and the arrangements and everything else, so it is like a, uh, a template for for modern pop music and rock and roll. You're absolutely right, man. Yeah, and the thing is, is that it, I mean, just the song, just track one, Bo Diddley. Check this out. Um, it was it was inducted into the Grammy. It, no, it was given a Grammy Hall of Fame award. Um, it was one of Rock and Roll Hall of Fame's 500 songs that shaped rock and roll. It was added to the Library of Congress National Recording Registry, and it was inducted into the Blues Hall of Fame. Those are four huge accolades that this one song has done. And I think it's fair to say that this one song represents the album because although, like we said, it is a it is his singles and music from a three year span. This song sums everything up. You've got the guitar riffing. You've got his uh, call and response with the guitar. You've got essentially just jamming on one chord for the whole song. And most importantly, you've got the Bo Diddley beat. And that's the song that represents the album. Um, but check this out. This is the this is what someone's had to say about the album. Soaked with futuristic waves of tremolo guitar set to an ageless nursery rhyme, the result was not exactly blues or even straight R&B, but a new kind of guitar-based rock and roll soaked in the blues and R&B, but owing its allegiance to neither. 
That's perfect, but does it not say that this is one of Rock and Roll's first albums? It is. It is, it is, sure. it is the result of the marriage and I would say, R&B. And I would say it's the fact that he wasn't necessarily trying to create rock and roll or be rock and roll. He was just getting everything he could from the, 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 the foundations of blues and said, no, I want to shake things up. I don't want to do the same thing that everyone else is doing. I really want to go crazy with my creativity, go as far as, as I can go and and uh, really stretch the 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 the, the possibilities and uh, um and turn that music genre into something completely new that would sound it might not sound that different from the things we we can hear nowadays because it is the the basis of the things we hear yeah but at the time that's when it was so innovative and so pioneering um yeah. and as we said from episode 1 Rock and roll equals musical freedom. And in this case, it literally does. It does. <laughs> he created rock and roll or one of yeah. the first rock and roll albums out of his wish to play music freely, taking exactly. many genres, many instrument types, many rhythmic types, many different progressions and molding them into his one new bodedly rock and roll. So, yeah, what, what an album. I mean, Fantastic, fantastic stuff. I mean, I think that's a good. How, how, ma- how many times have we said over the last year? So, what an album, isn't it? We, we, <laughs> we you know, we, because we, we, we uh, analyzing these uh, masterpieces, and it's, it's, it's such a pleasure to listen to music, uh, and uh, and talk about it, and um, and I, you know, the podcast made me listen to this album again, uh, and actually, it's, it's just so entertaining. I mean, yeah. what an album! What an album! And, and I think, <laughs> I think, I think you summed it up um, for me. Where when I was doing my research, so as I said last week, I'm trying to listen to the. But before, if we had a, a recording session sort of booked in, uh, like a podcast recording session, I would listen to some stuff uh, in the days before. But what I'm trying to do is week to week. I'm just trying to completely immerse myself in one album or one band. And the whole time I'm listening to this album, I just can't stop moving my body. Whether it's my, whether you know, whether I'm typing, when I'm holding the, the my my phone, making notes, and then on my chest, just going ba ba Or if my foot's tapping because I'm typing on the laptop, something is moving on my body. <laughs> you know, what? I'm gonna walk to the beach now to the sound of Brodie. I'm gonna be listening to that in my head. I'm gonna be bounce, 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 all the way, and it's. And it's uh, whoever whoever's a musician. If you never played that beat, just play it. Play it on guitar, drums, percussion, bass, whatever. <laughs> it kind of like kind of like gets your whole body alive and shaking, doesn't it? It's you know it, you know it makes you rock and roll. There we go. Fantastic. <laughs> I think that's a good place to leave it for now. I mean, did you did you? Is there any other thing you wanted to talk about? Any of the songs? Anything in particular you wanted to mention? I just want to mention that the the song uh, "Say Boss Man" has a uh, a. a uh-huh. <laughs> what an Elvis. There's, there's, an Elvis. there's no uh-huh, like kind of, uh, it's the same sort of stuff that Elvis would do. Ah, wow. That's really interesting. So you remember we spoke about Elvis's album. We spoke about how unique his, his vocals were with some of the little <laughs> that he used to do. And now we've got Bo Diddley doing it as well. So again, another thing that we've had from two early rock and roll artists, just showing that actually, you know, the voice can do many things other than speak words. It can be an instrument. And we know this. Yeah, it is. And well, I mean, 
stuff, yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll end like this. I, I will just quickly throw in a segment. We're going to quickly do How Rock and Roll Is That? And for that, I'm just going to simply ask Felipe. Felipe, Bo Diddley took the juba and the hambone uh, rhythm. He took inspiration from music he was hearing from Afro-Cuba, uh, from, from Afro-Cuban influenced music, uh, and he created his own Bo Diddley beat and fashioned instruments and rhythms around it to emphasise that beat even more and named it after himself. How rock and roll is that? I'll give it a 90. <laughs> it is, and it is, it is, a, it is a, a rhythm that we have spoken about enough already today, but it is just one of those legacy-defining rhythms. And considered, especially if you consider that this has been done in 1958. Well, the first song, 55. 55, there you yeah, go. The album, 58, but the first time we heard it was 55, so yeah. What an album, what an album. Uh, anyway, guys, thank you for joining us for another episode. I mean, it's been a short one, but it's a short album, and I think um, we, we've covered all the essential topics. You know, what things to take from this album, uh, the blues influence that you hear, but he doesn't, he doesn't define the songs by the blues, the, your standard blues chord progression, just like we said uh, before. Um, which one was it? Uh, Bring It to Jerome. It has that blues feel and rhythm, but it doesn't progress the same way a blues song would. Uh, next thing is the Bo Diddley beat that is so predominant throughout the whole album. Your next thing you got is the call and response, sometimes between his voice and the band's voices, his voice and his guitar. Uh, the other thing you've got is the examples of them jamming just on one chord or one riff for the whole song. The other thing you've got is the guitar, the electric tremolo guitar riffing and doing unique stuff that we haven't really heard before in this kind of music. So, so many things to take from this album. Um, go and have a listen. The whole album will be in the playlist, plus uh, some covers that if people have covered these songs, we'll put them in, and on top of that, any other song we've mentioned. So, once again, guys, thank you so much for joining us. Um, we've had a great time here. Uh, Felipe, any last words? Well, it's been a pleasure. So, um, and listen to the album and dance to the album. And... Uh, keep on rocking and rolling everywhere and quickly before I do my normal end line I'm going to say your line guys you can find us on the internet um, <laughs> and as usual guys have a lovely couple of weeks we'll see you next time and long live rock and roll mm -hmm.